0: to the Enchanted Ears Podcast,
1: where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're going to dive into the age-old question, is Disney getting too expensive? Ooh. It's probably a lot of listeners are just immediately shouting, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, But we touched on this a little bit last week in the news, and, and we didn't really dig into these news items too much because we wanted to devote some more time to it and go a little bit more in-depth on it. But Disney has recently announced... Uh, a few changes across the various parks. So this isn't all just at Walt Disney World or you know, just the U.S. parks. So the one thing they announced at Walt Disney World, though, is that evening magic hours are coming back, but it is only for deluxe and DVC guests. So... Well. You know, Disney always had either early morning or extra magic hours in the evening. That went away with COVID when the parks reopened. You know, they've been doing this. And we've talked about it on our couple of trips we've taken where the parks will just open like 45 minutes early. And I think that's starting to go away. They're starting to get more back to the normal rope drop where they kind of hold you in a corral until literally park opens and then everybody runs, which... Not really looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I like the idea you just walked right in. It was
0: really nice when it opened and you didn't quite know when it was going to open. So people kind of, it was more of a rolling opening rather than like a hard opening. I enjoyed that. I thought it was a lot more chill. It was nice not being so crowded in.
1: Well, that's why they did it too. Because they didn't want to have people standing in the middle of the road bunched together, which it sounds like, again, that that's kind of out the window. But Disney did announce that with the 50th, they're going to be having permanent half hour early admissions for any resort guest. So to to kind of incentivize people to stay at the resorts, you're going to get a half an hour in every park every day. So you're not going to have to worry about, oh, is it Animal Kingdoms the early one today or you know, Epcot, whatever. But they announced now that the evening magic hours are coming back. And this is going to be different parks each day. It's not going to be every park every day, but it is only for deluxe guests. So leads you to believe, oh Disney again, is just trying to price people out. Mm-hmm. because you have to be a deluxe guest. Those, those rooms are more expensive. You have to be DVC. They're trying to push you to you know, spend more money there. And I'll also say, since we are DVC members now, and um, go back a, probably four or five episodes ago, we talked about our experience buying resale, which is much cheaper than buying from Disney. Right. So we bought resale, but since we are members, I got an email from DVC mentioning the new um, extended hours, but it also mentions... Throughout the 50th celebration, uh, DVC resorts will offer even more surprise appearances by favorites, Disney pals like Goofy and Pluto, who will be dressed in their iridescent best. So it sounds like they're going to be having character, random character meet and greets just at the DVC resorts, which are part of the deluxe resorts hotels as well. So uh, that, that's pretty interesting as well, that they're going to be special character greetings if you're staying at DVC.
0: Yeah, that was really, um, that was an interesting little announcement there. And I mean, as far as I know, Disney's never, unless you go to Alani, you know, which is a resort in and of itself, you don't have characters at the actual resorts. You have them in the parks. So yeah, this is a really interesting twist. Um, again, I'm really excited that we kind of bought in when we did, because it seems like they are definitely incentivizing people to do this. But again, like as, you know, kind of going back to the theme, that does up the price if you want all of the different, you know, things that they're offering.
1: Yeah. And I, I will touch on this too, with, you know, their mention of like additional surprises and things. If you've listened to the Disney dish podcast um, with Len who was a guest on our show last year, but probably a year or two ago now, uh, he talks about patents a lot that Disney files and they filed one that would essentially allow them to do projection mapping at different resort hotels and basically they could almost kind of have like a traveling show and go to you know the poly and do a special thing on the polynesian and then go over the contemporary and have characters and stuff so i think it's interesting that this announcement mentions characters because i do wonder if they have kind of perfected this and so not only will there be characters but they'll kind of be almost like a mini nighttime spectacular Wow! because one of the issues is At the 50th, and again, I mean, I think the crowds are coming back, so I think they will have major crowds. But Disney was expecting like every hotel room to be sold out for a year because everybody Mm -hmm. would want to be there for the 50th. So when you have that, not everybody can be in the park to see the nighttime show. So if you had special events at the hotels, it would kind of help draw people away from the parks at night, Yeah. but you would still kind of be satisfied that you got a show. So I'm interested to see if they – kind of implement some of that. But again, just at the DVC resorts.
0: Huh. That's an interesting thought. I I think that that would be, you're right. Like I mean, Disney's all about kind of drawing the crowds around and and managing crowds, crowd management. So I think that that would be, yeah, that's a good, good thing for them to do. But it is interesting because I checked park availability and it still says that there's availability at parks, like even like at Christmas time. So they're not really sold out for any of those days.
1: Yeah, and they also could be at the point where they're not limiting park reservations. I mean, you know, max capacity at, you know, Magic Kingdom when it's shoulder to shoulder is a hundred thousand people, and it only hits that a couple days out of the year. As they creep closer and closer to full capacity, I really don't think the reservations will become too much of an issue. I think Disney's just using that to kind of judge where people are going to be from day to day. But the other big news. That we wanted to talk about. And this definitely is increasing the cost of a trip. Because, again, you can opt not to stay at a deluxe hotel. This is over in Disneyland Paris. And this is their announcement of a new FastPass system. It's called Disney Premier Access. So it's kind of playing off the Disney Plus Premier Access theme. And they have none other than Angela's favorite character, Lightning McQueen, as the mascot here. Or, uh, Or Agent Mobius. We'll refer to him as Agent Mobius from now on because he's Owen Wilson
0: oh I didn't even catch that that's right okay
1: (laughs) voiced by Owen Wilson so we'll refer to him as Agent Mobius here so Lightning McQueen but but they have instituted a paid fast pass system and this is a pay per ride access to to jump to the front of line and the pricing is between 10 and 18 dollars US that's about what it works out to uh, on the conversion rate here, now it's only for a limited number of rides, so it's going to be Big Thunder Mountain, Hyperspace Mountain, Peter Pan's Flight, Buzz Lightyear, Laser Blast, Star Tours, Autotopia, Tower of Terror, and Ratatouille. So it's not every ride, and there are limits. I think you can only do the same ride like three times a day, and you can't hold like two fast passes at the same time, but essentially if you want to get to the front of the line, you're paying at least $10 additional, in addition to the ticket prices. Now, there's no word that this is going to come to the US, but a lot of people have been talking about this. And it's been rumored that some sort of paid system is coming. So when this happened in Paris, I think a lot of people think, oh, it's coming to the US. So that would definitely increase the price. Before we start talking about the price, though, I want to ask you, Angela, is there any attraction that you would pay for to skip the line? Or in in any instance that you would pay to skip the line?
0: In any instance? Yeah,
1: instance or attraction.
0: For me personally, I mean, I feel like we go to the park so often that it is not like there's not anything that I would have to have to ride. And I know what times usually you have to get there to be able to ride things. So I would prefer to get up early and not pay anything because I'm cheap. Um, so, and spend the money on merch instead. So I, I think maybe like five bucks for uh, Mickey's runaway rail is probably about my limit there.
1: Yeah. I, I think you bring up a good point on how does this impact sales of like merch and food? Because if you do pay for attractions, if you pay, you know, if you have a family of four, one ride is going to cost you at least 40 bucks. So if you do it two or three times, you're over a hundred dollars easily. That probably means less than merchandise and things. But I guess Disney's probably making pure profit on this, so they don't care. But I think for me, to your point, I don't really see this as something that's targeted to annual pass holders or repeat visitors, because I don't think there's any attraction that if I went, unless it was a brand new ride, and I didn't think I was coming back, that I went, and if it was a four-hour wait, I would probably just skip it. I mean, maybe... Flight of passage. Maybe I throw one of them if I've ridden everything else and you know, flight of passage, and it has to be something at that level is four hours. And for 10 bucks, I can skip four hours, I can save four hours of my day. Maybe I'm doing it in that case. But if there's other attractions I haven't ridden yet, and they're maybe only a half an hour or something, I'm probably just skipping it. I think this is for the people that are coming infrequently and want to make sure they get everything on their list done. I also think this will play into the Disney Genie app, where it will tell you, you can ride 10 rides today, or for $50, you can ride 13 rides today, and that way it works into, oh, I'm paying $50 to ride an extra three or four rides, versus I'm paying $10 for this ride and $15 for this ride. They can almost mask it, so you don't really realize what you're paying for, but still make you pay for it.
0: OK, I, I did just come up with I would spend money on this and the and where I would spend money on this is not at Disney World, but at Disneyland, because you and I do not get out to California as often, you know. And now thinking about our, our, our upcoming trip to Disneyland, when we're going to Avengers Campus, if, if I wasn't able to get onto Avengers Campus and see it and, you know, ride uh, like the Web sling, Slingers ride, I might be more prone to pay for that because I know the next time that we get out to California isn't going to be probably any time that soon.
1: Yeah, that's exactly my point, though. It's it's a park that exactly. you're not frequently going to. Yep. And even on those major rides like Web Slingers or Rides of the Resistance, they have the virtual boarding groups. Right. So you kind of know by 7 o'clock whether you're getting on it or not. So, I, I mean, I would think even Web Slingers, I don't know that it's that good of an attraction that I'm going to pay to go on. I know I'll eventually get back to Disneyland. Wait, wait, wait. I may just wait and go a couple years later. This
0: is the man who says he has to buy the upgrades in order to ride the ride. Oh,
1: I totally want to do that. Cause if I'm going to ride it, I'm going to do it big, but I'm just saying, if you told me it's $10, or, you know, $20 or something again, how many hours am I saving? If I'm saving two hours in line, probably not worth it. But if, if it's a eight hour wait, which it's not going to be, there's no ride that's eight hours, but if it's an eight hour wait, maybe. I do worry this, this is the cynic in me, that if Disney does roll this out stateside, they lower capacity of the rides to increase wait times. Because we talked about this, oh, yeah. the past two times we've gone, we never waited more than a half an hour, 45 minutes. I know a lot of people want fast passes to come back. But even though the lines look long because they're social distancing, they move pretty quick. You really aren't waiting yes. that long. You're not waiting an hour, hour and a half anymore. But Disney could very easily...
0: You take a lower couple, capacity, take a couple boats out, take a couple, run a lot less cars. They could
1: even say the wait times higher. I mean, there's, you yeah. know, they're doing that now where it says it's a half an hour and you walk on and it's 10 minutes and you know, right. they're, they don't know how long it is. They could easily say, Oh, it's a two hour wait time or you can get on it in five minutes for $10. I mean, I don't want to say they're going to do that, but I, I mean, that's a fear. That seems I
0: think it's, highly unethical.
1: It does. But I think it's something that, you know, could potentially happen because, when you do add fast pass in, that does kind of impact the wait times as it is. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of the cynic in me. So we'll see, we'll see what happens, but, but yeah, so, so digging into this, so all of this kind of coming out within a week or two of each other really points to Disney trying to get more money out of people. We talked about the holiday party being almost double the price. We talked about last week how they're charging $75 to be the first people on the new Jungle Cruise over at Disneyland. And it it really does seem like lately Disney is trying to make as much money as they can in the theme parks. And I don't know if that's because they lost money. They lost money. I mean, I know they lost money. So I don't know you're right. If, if it's because they lost money last year and they're trying to make it back. Or I know a lot of people want to blame Bob Chapek that he's in charge now. He's <laughs> just all about the money. So I thought, you know, we we'd look into it and it is interesting when you dig into it that Disney is expensive. I mean, let's just put it out there. I think everybody yeah. kind of knows Disney is very expensive and it is slowly becoming almost unobtainable for a lot of people to go to.
0: Right. I mean, I know that there's a lot of people I know I had a I have a coworker who, who's been saving for years and like planning and, and squirreling away money so that she can take her kids to disney world so i mean it is so expensive you know for a lot of people and so yeah i i I don't know i i I think that they it's a very interesting line that they're walking
1: you're right And, and you have to look at it too is you have kind of your annual pass holders that are locals that go all the time but then you do have a lot of people that it's it's a once every five year trip and they're willing to spend a little bit more and so you know one, Disney can charge it because Disney can get away with it. They raise prices, but still mm. 20 million people show up. But it is interesting when you kind of look at the numbers. So today, a, a base ticket, and now I know we have this you know, fluctuating pricing based on season and everything, but starting price, if you go on the cheapest day, a one-day non-park hopper ticket starts at $109. In 2000, so I, I looked at after like, All the parks were open, you know, after Animal Kingdom and everything was open. It was $46 a day. So that's a 122% increase. Now, I looked at inflation. And so if you looked at what a $46 ticket in 2000 would cost in today's dollars, it's only 72, it's a little over $72. So Disney is $37 at best
0: over inflation,
1: over what inflation would be. Wow. So, it, it really is rapidly accelerating the pricing. I will say, and maybe to defend Disney a little bit, because yes, I think we can all agree. Disney is very expensive, but I think the next question we all have to kind of ask is why is it so expensive?
0: right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of value added. They're adding a lot of new attractions. Um, you know, for a while there, they were updating Epcot. I think they kind of that got stalled out a little. But I know that they're adding a lot of new rides. And I kind of looked at it from a different perspective of, or I mean, a similar perspective. But I thought, OK, well, what's another park that is comparable to Disney? And so I was like, OK, well, I mean, let's just look at their neighbor, Universal. And both of them, like you mentioned, $109 per day is the base price of a Disney park ticket. That is the exact same price as Universal. So um, both websites say that. So you know they're not. It's not that far off there. But then I kind of dove into it a little bit more, and I thought, okay, well, what about a one-day park-to-park pass for Universal? What does that cost? And now, of course, that fluctuates depending on the time of year. So I had to pick a certain time frame. So I kind of went with, um, you know, popular times that people go so you went for, the
1: most expensive time possible right, you went right. over holidays here yes so, yeah yeah so, so you I, definitely went like peak peak pricing here yeah
0: so i figured okay let's let's go with thanksgiving thanksgiving people have off so what does it cost to go to universal over thanksgiving it is 200 dollars to go to universal on thanksgiving this year
1: and that's and, a both parks that's islands of adventure and universal it's kind of a park hopper ticket
0: right so I also thought that, um, it was notable that for their one day ticket, you know, this is the two parks you don't, you can't add Vol- Volcano Bay for that one, um, for that day, because I think you can't add them for a one day park pass. Disney world, if we go over to a one day park hopper over Thanksgiving is $215. So,
1: yeah. yeah. And so see, I think when you look at that, Disney really isn't that expensive because for universal, it's $200 to go to two parks. But for Disney, you could go to potentially all four for $215.
0: It's, yeah, 15 bucks more.
1: And I would argue that four Disney parks are a better value than two Universal parks. Yes, it's still expensive in a vacuum, but we're not in a vacuum. You know, we're kind of comparing to each other. And, you know, I think what Universal is doing to, you know, drive traffic away from Disney, they're able to raise prices. It almost allows Disney to raise prices. I mean, Disney has to like that Universal's charging $200 because then $215 does not seem like that bad for Disney. But if Universal was 100 Nobody's paying two fifteen to go to Disney.
0: It got a little bit more interesting when we didn't just. I didn't just look up a one day park pass. I was like, okay, what about a five day park pass, which is the most biggest pass you can buy for Universal is a five day. So this is any three of their theme parks from December eighteenth to the twenty fifth. So this is now over Christmas. Right before.
1: Okay, right right, before Christmas. So
0: the Christmas holiday is four hundred twenty eight ninety nine. So four hundred. Let's call it what it is. Four hundred twenty nine dollars. So now if we bounce over to Disney. For the same, uh, you know, any of those four main parks, the same time frame, the 18th to the 25th, this is it is 642.83. So that is over $200 difference. So there we see a much bigger price discrepancy.
1: Yes, and that's over the holidays. Again, that's probably the most expensive time you can go. Um, but that is a good point to note. It gets cheaper the longer you stay. Universal definitely does have the steeper discounts. I mean, their annual passes, if we looked at that, we really didn't look up those numbers, um, because Disney's not even selling annual passes right now. But Universal's annual passes are far cheaper. I know over in California, where they're still selling them, I think it's like, if you buy a three day ticket, like it, the annual pass pays for itself. Like if you go for three days, like it's, it's very inexpensive, where as Disney is, over $1,000 in some cases for their annual passes. Mm-hmm. So it there, there is a, a drastic difference in that point. The one thing I, I wanted to mention as well, and, and kind of, kind of again, talking about well, why is it so expensive? And it really goes to kind of going back to this whole, you know, universal Disney kind of theme park wars.
0: It's like the Tesla Edison yeah. of our, our day.
1: Sure, we'll go with that. If Tesla and Edison were two theme park conglomerates. Yeah, no <laughs> problem. Um, but... But with that, also kind of guest expectations. So you have to think about like, sure, Disneyland cost $3 or something like that. Or, you know, Disney World cost $3 when it opened, right? Mm. But there was one park there. You know, Dis- Disneyland famously cost like $17 million to build in 1955. Galaxy's Edge cost a billion, you know, in <laughs> itself. So things cost a lot more. Disney World now has how many different resorts there now you know there was a few hotels around seven seas lagoon when disney world opens now there's four theme parks now there's countless hotels that disney has to run the more stuff they build the more expensive just baseline it costs you right. know the maintenance and upkeep on those hotel rooms you don't just pay 10 million dollars for a hotel room and then never pay anything again they have to pay people to run that hotel they have to maintain that hotel or otherwise it's going to fall apart and they're not gonna be able to use it all the restaurants they have everything in disney springs and so it just becomes just that much more expensive and so it's almost a vicious circle because the more we want the more it's gonna cost I was just us
0: gonna say i mean it's a money monster it just you know they have to there's a certain level of guest expectation you know in order for them to be able to meet that they have to pour money into the parks to yeah. get people happy. Yeah,
1: and, and just maintaining it. So so I actually looked up Disney's most recent financial statement and they spent in 2019 about $3.3 billion on capital projects at the theme parks across the world. Now in 2020, it was down because they put a lot on hold, but it was still $2.1 billion. So, And how accounting works, that's not a cost to Disney in 2019. That is depreciated over multiple years. So whenever you hear the Disney parks made six billion dollars, that doesn't necessarily include the three billion in cash that they physically paid out so they paid all this cash out it doesn't show up on their as a uh, expense for them over, you know over the next 10 10 or 15 years. so they need a lot of cash to keep these things running So while on paper they're making a lot of money a lot of cash is going out the door. So they need to kind of keep those ticket sales going in. The other thing I found really interesting, uh, again, looking at the year ended in 2019, September of 2019, because that was like the last normal year. It costs $14 billion in just standard operating costs to keep the theme parks running. Oh, wow. And Disney only gets, and I say only, but they only get $7.5 billion from ticket sales. So as much as we're talking about how expensive it is in tickets, they only get $7.5 million in tickets. So if they only sustained off ticket sales, they would be losing money. They actually make most of their money.
0: Wait, wait let me guess. Let me guess. Is it from merch or is it from the food cost? I'm going to go with this food.
1: Well, so, so merch and, and food and beverage are all together. But So they make $6 billion from that and then another $6 billion from the resorts. So that's why when Disney is trying to make money, we didn't even talk about how food prices have increased, but that's really where they get their money. So that's why they will give you discounts on four and five day tickets because they want you to stay because they make so much money on you just buying food and merchandise and staying at the hotels. I mean, those two numbers combined are almost 12 billion dollars they're making from that, whereas they're making seven and a half billion just from pure ticket sales. So they really need all of that together to cover the cost of these parks. So again, that's why, you know, they can raise ticket prices, but I don't think that really moves the needle a lot. I mean, it's really a lot of money is made in these hotels and food. And I think that's why you see Universal trying to build so many hotel rooms because the more people you can get to stay on property, the more money they spend long term and the more profitable it is versus just through theme park admissions.
0: So the figures that you just quoted, you know, I'm, you're you're an accountant by trade and I'm not. So <laughs> just to clarify a little bit, those figures that you just gave me, are they the amount of money completely made or is that no, with- that's revenue? Okay, so that's not with them paying out, you know, like the food service workers and and the cost of goods and things like that. No, because- so that would
1: be in the fourteen billion that they is the operating cost for okay, the parks. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. So that that's just revenue. So overall, now again, Disney is still making a ton of money because in twenty nineteen the theme parks made six point seven billion dollars. Now that is profit. Ooh. Now last year in twenty twenty, ending uh, September of twenty twenty, they lost eighty one million. So they did lose money. Barely. I mean they, they did okay, but that's a big drop from from six billion. Yeah. So the numbers I gave were just kind of revenue numbers, but again, you it, you just see it's the importance of keeping people there in the ecosystem. It's not necessarily just getting somebody in the door, it's it's people spending money. And I think that's why you kind of see, you know, the, the annual pass changes at Disneyland, because annual pass holders, if you know, if they are maybe locals, so they're not staying at hotels. Maybe they don't spend as much in food and merch. They're not as profitable to Disney as a vacationer who's coming for three or four days, who's going to stay at the Grand Californian, who's going to buy all the upgrades for web slingers and the spider bots and everything. They're going to get a lot more money out of them than somebody who's buying a thousand dollar annual pass. So they're not making as much through the ticket sales and they're not really making it up with some of the other things. And that's why Walt Disney world, I think makes so much money because it is so many people coming and staying at all these hotels and everything. And again, that's why you see universal trying to copy that model.
0: Yeah. I I can, I imagine, I guess you're right. You know, if they drive down the number of low, I, I think that that's dirty. And I think that what they did to the, you know, California residents who wanted to be there is dirty and I don't like it. But I guess if you think of it from a money standpoint, just solely, yeah, if you are clearing out space for people who are vacationers, you know, one person is worth more than another. Again, I'm talking from a strictly money perspective because they're going to come in, they're going to buy food, they're going to buy merch, they're going to do all that stuff. Whereas somebody who's a local, they're going to eat lunch at home and then they'll go to the parks and then whenever they're done riding their two rides, then they go home and they don't spend any additional money at the parks potentially.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think it's, again, we're not justifying why this thing right. is so expensive. But I think that is just another sign of, again, there's been so many developments within the past few months. The annual Passover at Disneyland is another one where it really comes off. Like it seems like it's just a pure money grab. It's okay. We're not making money off these annual pass holders because you know, they pay us sure a thousand dollars up front for an annual pass, but then they come 50 times a year Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that works out to maybe $20 a ticket and they're not buying the thousands of dollars in hotel rooms that an out-of-state person would pay. Because again, the Disneyland hotels are expensive. I mean, they're six $600 a night. They don't have value hotels like you do at Walt Disney World. And you're right. So it seems like, hey, how can we get more money out of these people? We'll take their annual passes away and make them pay $100 plus a time to come. And we'll get more money out of
0: them. Yeah, because then whenever they come, they're gonna stay, they're gonna buy food, they're gonna do well, no, all that they're, stuff they're gonna that, gonna that pay a vacation or whatever. No,
1: they're gonna pay full price for right. tickets. It's basically, okay, you're not gonna buy you're not gonna buy food and merch when you come. All right, we'll just charge you more for a ticket. We'll get that money out of you one way or the other. I, I'm with you. I don't necessarily think that's maybe the smartest move because I think people are just gonna go less and when they do go, if they're paying more for a ticket, they're even less likely to buy merch and food because they're saying, Well, now I gotta pay $130 a ticket to be here for this one day. I, I'm not spending all my money on merch, whereas annual pass used to have discounts and stuff. So it'll be interesting long-term to see what happens. And, and you know, they still have not instituted their, you know, loyalty, uh, you know, punch card <laughs> program, whatever you want to call it, that they're coming. So it, it will be interesting to see what happens. But
0: Their frozen yogurt program. Yeah.
1: But I, I think all this to say that it was really interesting to look at, Yes, Disney is getting expensive compared to Universal. It's maybe not that crazy, but if you really look at it, one of the main reasons it's so expensive is because these parks cost so much to operate because we have such a level of expectation now. You know, if we walked into Disneyland the day it opened, I'm pretty sure most people would say, I'm not coming back to this. This is underwhelming huh. because there's not the insane rides and attractions and level of detail. I mean, and and the characters and the parades and the fireworks. I and mean, we talked about a few few weeks ago, nighttime shows, there were no fireworks the first couple of years at Disneyland. We, there's so much now that we expect that it costs so much money to keep these parks going, that they need to charge a lot. Now, yes, are they making a ton of money? Could they probably charge a little bit less on food and on ticket sales and still earn a profit? Sure. I think they definitely could do that. I mean, that's very clear. Um, you know, they're, they're basically breaking even on a, you know, 30% park capacity here. So it kind of goes to show you they can do more with less. But again, it's just, I think it's it's only going to go up because we're going to expect, you know, holograms and robots here pretty soon. <laughs> and those aren't going to be cheap.
0: Right. Just to, just to play the devil's advocate here. All right. So it, from, a, from a company perspective too, though, yeah, they have to charge that much because Things happen, like last year, they lost. What did you? How many millions of dollars did you say that they lost? They ended up
1: losing. Uh, I think it was eighty one million.
0: I mean, that's actually crazy to think they were closed for how many months there, and that's all they lost. They were able to take that hit because they charged so much, so it's it didn't bankrupt them. You know, in a in a case like that where they have to stay closed for forever. I mean, Disneyland was closed for what a year. It was, yeah, over a year, yeah, yeah, 400 so, plus days. So, I mean, they can take those hits and it doesn't put the park and that experience in, in jeopardy. They don't have to worry about it. Whereas if they charged less and maybe had slimmer margins, then, you know, that starts to look a little bit like your livelihood and, and your ability to maintain your company. It, it's a really interesting line that you're dancing, but
1: yeah. And again, and when you're putting $3 billion into the parks every year, you need to make... A few billion dollars, you know, to right. to make that worthwhile because three billion dollars is a lot of money. I mean, even for a, <laughs> nah, even for a company like Disney, you know, that is a lot of money. And so, yes, I think it it's unfortunate how much the parks cost and and how priced out uh, it is becoming. I will say, I mean, I do like the attractions and the benefits that that gets you that Disney is spending. You know, a billion dollars on something like Galaxy's Edge, but I do think that there we have to settle longer term into some sort of happy medium where mm. we can have immersive lands and we can have great experiences that don't have to cost a billion plus dollars, so that that way we don't have to raise food and ticket prices 10% every year.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, they have to turn a profit, but they also need to keep in mind that it is a magical place. And so that magic should be accessible to everyone. Yeah.
1: And eventually they're going to bump up to the point where it becomes too much and people quit going. And that's when they'll make changes is they still get 20 million people every year. They're going to keep raising ticket prices until people stop coming. Unfortunately, I mean, that is what's going to happen. So I think this is interesting to see. Hopefully, I hope paid fast passes don't really come to the US. I don't want to have to pay uh, fast pass to go on a ride. I think, like we said, I, I would probably not do it in 95% of circumstances. Um, but I, I really hope that that doesn't come. And if it does come, I hope they keep the three free fast passes that you get for staying on site available for people so that that way you at least have a free option. Because I would hate that the only way you can get a fast pass is to pay for it. But let us know what you think. Uh, head over to our Facebook page, Enchanted Ears. You know, let us know what you think. Have you, you know, put off a vacation because it's too expensive? Um, I think again, we can all agree that it is kind of getting too expensive. But you know, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well. And we want to thank everybody again for listening this week. If you've not done so already, uh, subscribe, leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps, and we really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for lending us your ears.
1: Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you here next Monday. Bye
0: bye.